This podcast is a TOEFOP production. Head to TOEFOP.com for more. The following episode of TOEFOP is rated MA for mature audiences. It may contain sexual references, time travel references, allegations of bin misconduct, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that this episode is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who thinks a comedy conversation between two old mates sounds like a terrible idea for a show. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. Relax. This is Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Hello and thank you for watching. Uh, this is the second week in a row that Podcast Mike and I are twinning. Um, what does that mean? Does that mean we're finally in sync as like host and producer? I mean, are you guys introducing, this is a very Westworld, you know, take on this podcast because you guys have become not the white hats, but the white t-shirt brigade. Yeah. You've come in both in like matching plain white t-shirts and Mike's banter around it was was scintillating when you pointed out to him that you were also wearing a white T-shirt and he replied with, yeah, a white <laughs> T-shirt and started counting in the show. So really, <laughs> some real prime quality banter between the two of you over the fact that you're both wearing a white T-shirt. Like you seem much more impressed by it. You were like, we're twinning. And Mike's like, yeah, I'm wearing a white T-shirt and you're wearing a plain white T-shirt. The probably most ubiquitous T-shirt in the entire world you are both wearing, which doesn't necessarily qualify as twinning, right? Do you, yeah, do you, well, yeah, I, I agree. But, I mean, this is a yes and situation, right? Like, Mike knows the deal. We mm. always mention something about what he's wearing as a little run-up to get us warmed up before we start our silly little fake radio show. T- to be fair, Mike, Mike never agreed to that deal. That wasn't a pre-existing <laughs> deal when we sat down and made a deal with Mike, and it hasn't been part of ongoing negotiations. Like he has basically just not ever said stop that. So we have taken that as permission, but it is not active permission. Can I throw myself on the, uh, on the, um, you know, bomb today instead of Mike, because before yeah. we did this podcast, cause for people on the Patreon, you can see the full video episodes uh, of, of this podcast, which is really cool. And uh, I am in the middle, as we've mentioned previously on podcasts of a natural disaster in the area in which we live. And it's meant that, washing has been incredibly difficult to do so the washing goes out on the line but it's never like there's so much humidity in the air or just literal rain in the air that it's very hard for any of your laundry so you just wash more things they go out on the line and then eventually the line is full today is a big day in my calendar because everything is now dry enough that i've taken it all off the line and just replaced it with other wet clothes that are now on the line i have not got to the point where i've folded any of that washing so it is on the couch behind me and (laughs) It was pretty much like three weeks worth of clothing that was just piled on the couch. And the best that I could do was get my old Bulldogs blanket <laughs> and just put it over the top of it. That was yeah. it. Like like a hoarder who was having people around for dinner. I've just gone, I'm just going to cover this pile of shit with a blanket. It's my only solution. Well, the laziest serial killer going around. I mean, it does look like there's a body <laughs> on that couch behind you. Have you found in the last two weeks, I mean, I know you haven't been here, but have you found since you've been back, the mold explosion since all the the damp has been in the air. Like we have also been doing cleaning, but it's mainly uh, like I have those um, uh, moisture absorbers all through the house. But just this week, we noticed like all our clothes covered in mildew, all our like all our boots covered in mildew. So we've had everything outside. We've had the white vinegar out, and it's obviously like I remember it sort of happening this time last year. But 
it felt like because of all the water we've had in the last like two months, it's just the house is just filled with kind of little water molecules. And that there's something about that mold. I don't know what the what the aversion is, like what the phobia is, but I get really really grossed out by it. There's something about it's like you know how Beetlejuice has those little kind of moldy bits around his mouth. There's something about it that makes me want to vomit. Are you the same? Well, there's also the thing that if you get too much of it in your lungs, you die. So yeah, that is that. really the aversion I have. It's less the Beetlejuice thing and more that if you get it in your lungs, you die. No, I was say to somebody the, yesterday, I coughed and I was like, it's okay. I've been cleaning out a like like thick black mold out of the walls and the coffee's <laughs> from that. I've been wearing my same mask. See, it's good to have a mask in this community, yeah. at least for the black mold. I wonder if those people with the medical exemptions are going, no, I also have a medical exemption to black mold. It's fine. I can clean it out. But I was talking to a guy at my show last night in the audience, and he was a cleaner by profession, had been Mm. a cleaner for 20 years and 15 years, I think he said. Like a Mr. Wolf cleaner or just a regular cleaner? Just a regular cleaner. Okay. And um, I asked him about the fact that uh, I said, what's best for cleaning out mold? I said, I've been cleaning out like an entire sort of cottage full of mold in the last three days. I've had the mask on. I've been scrubbing the walls. I've done this like clove treatment. I'm like, like, what's the best thing to do? And he said, well, if you're down here, vinegar. Like Mm. in this community, vinegar. And he said, but like I'm up towards the border, bleach. And I said, what did you mean by that? And he goes, I said, do you mean that just people down here, bleach is better, but people down here don't want to use bleach? And he was just like, yes, 100%. That is oh. the case. Oh, because so, vinegar is organic a, or, or more natural or something. Is that the idea? Yeah. Yeah. Right. The reason that everyone's like, you've got to get vinegar is because we live in a place where people think you can solve everything with fucking ble- vinegar. But this guy, Mr. Oh. Fucking Cleaner, he's like, as soon as you get up near the border, we're bringing out the bleach, mate. Sure, oh, that's maybe why we keep voting for the National Party, but we're bleaching everything. We're losing whatever brain cells. We don't remember yeah. if it's been hotter or wetter than this. We don't remember anything. My brain is full of bleach. Did you see that um, the 5G tower in Mullumbimby was set on fire a couple of days ago? Burnt down. Yeah, good time. Good time to <laughs> good do that, isn't it? Yeah, real In smart. the middle of a communications <laughs> disaster. Let's burn down that 5G tower. I mean, come on. Like, it's one of those things where it's just, you could, because they don't know who burnt it down yet. It doesn't. It doesn't necessarily mean it was burnt down by five G activists. It could have just been random mm. vandalism or anything like that. So, it may not be activists. But uh, I went to the. What was funny is that Telstra, the way they let people know, it was a sponsored post. It came up in my Instagram feed as a sponsored post. A shot of their five G tower, and underneath it said sponsored. I'm like, okay, well, that's an interesting marketing technique. But then I clicked on all the comments, and I was not heartened by the response to the burning 5G tower. Like a lot of people would take an angle that I hadn't thought of, which which is like you sneaky corporate fascist pigs tried to erect this during a disaster and, yeah, we showed you. And it's like, ah, don't think you understand what's going on here. It, isn't it amazing because they don't trust the government and for good reason because it turns out when they needed the government, the government wasn't there for them. But at the same time, that is the ultimate example of cutting off your nose to spite your face. Like the one thing that people up here have been suffering from the most is the lack of communication. There are people trapped Mm. in areas where they can't actually access back out, but also they can't communicate with each other. And the idea that in a time like that, when all the other nodes are underground, like underwater, like that's part of the reason that all the communications have gone down is the nodes are under the waterline. So that feels like something that we could fix if nothing else, like for future. Mm. And then, the fact that there's this 5G tower that could actually be helpful and you know what we should do? Burn that down. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, it might have been me who burned it down because after all my research and getting those two 5G dongles delivered, and then we had to abort last week's recording because it was running so slow. Again, on on the following day, I tried to upload what we'd recorded and it was taking forever. And I got on the phone with Telstra and I was like, it's running slower than my fixed wireless. Like the whole reason I ordered these dongles for me and my, my partner was, you know, we live in a rural area. This is meant to help our business. And the woman on the phone was so cheery. She's like, oh no, that's not the case. She's going, whoever told you that, they got it wrong. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? They got it wrong. I was on the phone with them for an hour. I told them, gave them specific details about what my issue was, what I needed. And they sold me not one, but two. You know, they're not cheap. I signed up for a one-year contract. And by the way, that contract is void. I'm going to climb a tower and set fire to something unless this is resolved <laughs> very, very quickly. Is there any chance... Like what would, how would you feel if it came out that it wasn't like anti-5G activists or people who think that you know, 5G causes COVID or is some plot or whatever the fuck that people believe, that all the dumb stuff they believe that ironically they will only get faster uh, when they have 5G on their phones. They can look up all their weird conspiracies even quicker. <laughs> but right. say it wasn't one of those people. Say it was a person who just hates this podcast so much that they knew that burning down that 5G tower would mean that we couldn't do the podcast. And that is revealed. They find the person and they reveal their motivation was they'd heard about your 5G dongles and they said, this has got to end. I wouldn't surprise me at the moment. Like uh, since we've moved to guys, one cup to listener, I knew that there would be some blowback, but I have been surprised by the level of vitriol. Oh man. And the kind of the assumption that like where these corporate sellouts and that we don't care about our listeners and that this was just, some people feel like it's they've taken it real personally because they like, will really like, personally They're, they will cancel their... us like we're a real thing like you <laughs> know what I mean like like it's like a dumb imaginary show that like barely anybody listens to and like barely exists right yeah. and uh, like people. I get that, like, I mean, don't get me wrong, like, it's inconvenient for some people and some people that will actually inconvenience completely and I understand that. But the idea that you can complain to us like we're a real company, like yeah. that you have been, like, for, for most people, like, you've just been getting a free show for ages and you won't yeah. be able to get the free show anymore unless you go to some effort. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Well, like you used to hear stories about like when, um, you know, uh, Neighbours was huge and, and, and Greg Fleet yeah. killed Daphne and he tells stories about, you know, people coming up yeah. to the street and yelling at him and stuff. And I'm always like, people can't be that crazy. But then there's this tiny little micro podcast with a very small niche audience and we're getting blowback. I'm like, <laughs> holy shit, I guess Greg Fleet was telling the truth. Uh, it, it is like, I mean, it's not surprising to me. I will say that. Like people are conditioned to complain about everything now and – I think it's not so much on them as it is on the fact that this is what our society became. We became obsessed with people being empowered to give their feedback. You know, mm. you go to a restaurant, you rate the restaurant. You go to a, you know, Airbnb, you rate that. You know, you get in an Uber, you rate the driver. And now to the point where that feedback process is so ingrained. I don't know if you've ever hired a car, but man, if they ever need people to hunt down COVID cases, they should get the people. <laughs> who run higher car companies who hunt you down for your, your feedback at the end. Like mm. if you don't fill in that survey about the customer service that they send you, they will, you will hear from them 19 times in that next year where they're like, do you just want to fill in that survey? And maybe you give us five stars because we're going to lose our job if you don't give us five stars. So it's not <laughs> worth anything anyway. 
because I'm too guilty to not give them anything but five stars in that situation. So it's only so these companies can justify that they've got this feedback process and then they can go, look, all these customers are really happy, whereas I'm not sure that all the customers are really happy. And so now everybody is like, well, I'm going to complain about this. Like, here's what you can do. Like, not listen to the show. That mm. seems like enough when it's a free show, I think. You know, I, there are things that I have stopped listening to because they became inconvenient to me, but I didn't feel the need to get online and complain to the person that their their decision had inconvenienced me. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I get it too. I understand the inconvenience, but it's more the kind of motivation or the – like, I had to turn off my mentions for a few days because it felt like everyone <laughs> – was like psychoanalyzing me as this this kind yeah. of like I, I I told you about the guy who was like we've been seduced by corporate media <laughs> like you know as if we were Wayne and Garth and Rob Lowe's come along and said guys your shitty little basement show we want to take it to the big time and that we couldn't see that what he really wanted to do was like you know turn it into a paid editorial look we get that we understand it but you know this is just a, a simple numbers game it's like we uh, our, you know we we our numbers were down um, we had a long time off the show we need to turn up we have employees we need revenue this seemed like a fairly simple kind of transaction to me one that I from the outside thought would think that I would understand but then for some people to go oh no they led us along they led us along for six years just so they could they could do this they could stab us in the guts. <laughs> yeah, I stab us in the guts by making you go to a like a free app that you don't have to pay for. You just have to download the app and listen to it there. It's not like the worst crime ever. I get if you're overseas. Like if you're overseas, that's the one thing I do, I do feel do yeah. feel feel bad for is the people who do want to listen who can't listen. And we are working on finding a solution. The best we've got right now is you have to download a VPN and go to tofop.com. I know that's not ideal um, for the ideal listening experience, but we are. That is one priority that we're trying to to get past is how overseas listeners who do like the show and want to listen and don't want to yell at us, how we can get them back on the show. Well, it just feels like an unequal transaction to me, which is that idea of going, all we're asking you to do is go over to Listener and download a free app and listen to it there, right, if you're in Australia. Um, we're not asking you to, you know, subscribe to anything or pay for anything, any of those sort of things. It makes our lives easier so that we can actually do the show because the show's this is the, I mean, again, we're probably talking about this too much because it's probably only like a few, like a small amount of loud voices, but Two Guys, One Cup is our smallest show. You know, it's like, it can have great moments, but like, it's this little niche thing. It's an AFL adjacent football podcast. It's a <laughs> podcast that doesn't really appeal to proper footy fans and it doesn't <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Appeal to and comedy like, fans. And it kind of appeals to people who don't really like footy. Like it's, it's a weird niche show. And even in the shows that we make, like all our other shows, like, you know, are kind of bigger shows than that. And yet this one involves a lot of work. You know, there's obviously extras of, you know, having to be engaged in like keeping up with the news, like getting it out really regularly. And you can't bank a couple of episodes, anything like that, because of the nature of the fact that we're, you know, talking about something that is happening in real time. So it's a huge thing for us to do, a huge commitment in our lives, one for which last year, we literally were getting no reward at all. Like there was no money coming in for the show. Like, you know, basically not, well, it was I don't just... think we've been, not for years. I think we had a sponsor yeah. five years ago and that was it. That's all we've had in four years. Right. And so all our other shows have been just basically paying for this show to exist. So for us, it's been quite a lot of hassle. 
All we're asking you to do is download a free app and listen to it there. Like, and it really takes a lot off our plate. So you can, if you could just put yourself in our shoes for a second, you might go, oh yeah, okay. I get that this isn't like some, like we're not making, we've always been really, really determined to, you know, have our shows being able to be accessed for free for as many people as possible. And like, even this arrangement, we were very, you could get more money to go behind a paywall somewhere. But we decided not to do that. We just decided to be able to go to somewhere where people mostly could still access it for free, but we would be able to actually, you know, do it everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I have seen that perspective as well, where people go, look, I totally get it. I understand it's a financial decision, but I still will not be listening. And I'm like, that sentence would have been yeah. perfect if you just said the first part. Like, right. you still didn't need the little end bit. I mean, that still makes me feel bad. I mean, there are human <laughs> beings behind this stupid niche show that's not quite a sports show and not quite a comedy show. It's somewhere in the middle. You don't have to keep telling us how you'll never dine in this restaurant again. And, and I've got to be honest with you. If we hadn't signed a contract to put the show out every week after the first weekend of football, I'm not sure either of us would want to do a second <laughs> oh week of it this, this year. So. <laughs> Oh, exactly what I was thinking. Um, hey, uh, uh, so last week I almost got scammed and I've got a great letter uh, coming up from that. It's from someone who used to work at a bank. We'll get to it uh, later in the show. But um, so uh, that little uh, crisis was averted. And then after this 5G debacle, not the burning of the towel, but our dongle debacle, the dongle mm -hmm. debacle, the DD, um, I was like, fuck it. I'm signing up for Starlink. It's the only way to get past oh, this. Because okay. yes. the other thing we've worked out is that your internet is actually okay. Like, yes. so the way um, uh, the platform we're using is Riverside. So Will and I record in, in real time, but it sends HD audio and video to our computers and uploads it in real time. So we can see, you know, Mike's upload, my upload and Will's. Mine moves at a snail's pace. Like I think by the time we finished recording last week, Mike's was fully uploaded. Yours was 70% uploaded. Mine was 15 percent uploaded so well, can i ask you a question that you uh, we haven't spoken about can you yeah. see me clearly at the moment because the way this technology is meant to work is it doesn't we won't necessarily see each other clearly in real time but because it's recording separately it comes across as good regardless of it but in a just in a general call how clearly are you seeing me when we talk to each other pretty pixelated it's not the best yeah. connection okay yeah. same okay yeah, yeah. so that's what i get for you as well like i stare yeah. at you in this kind of pixelated version of you. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah it's like 64 bit it's like we're playing super mario uh yeah, yeah no that's the it's like tofot was a super mario like uh, like a computer game a commodore 64 yeah. game that's basically it's like <laughs> well, that the game and i kind of yeah. just see that yeah, well, that's the idea is they don't waste bandwidth on the actual streaming to each uh, other. That's all. That's all. We're getting HD to our computers and that'll upload. Um, so I need the Starlink more desperately. So I was like, fuck this shit. I called um, Telstra, you know, they they thankfully said, yeah, okay, we're going to, because I'd signed up for, you know, a year and they canceled the contract. They sent me a couple of envelopes to send the dongles back. Then they also like one I mean, had the trick they, of going. They had to. They had to do that, by the way. After that one woman you'd spoken to just laughed and said, "That's the completely wrong thing to suggest." Like <laughs> yeah. you know, that was on tape. She did admit yeah. to the fact that they had misled you. Yeah, but the, one of them was like, um, "And the boxes are unopened," and I'm like. No, fucking no. of course not. Like how how could I tell you that it wasn't working? The boxes weren't open. So one is unopened that I was going to send to my mate, but that one's definitely not getting sent. So you got one that's open. I was so furious. But anyway, they've agreed to, to refund. So I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to sign up for Starlink. Oh, that was the other thing is a bunch of um, teabaggers 
on the Facebook page were saying, Charlie's an idiot. Like you can sign up for Starlink without an American Express card. It's really easy. It arrives in two weeks, blah, 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 blah. So I was like, okay, I'm not scared about signing up for this, this potential Musk scam. Uh, so I go to Starlink, I go to sign up and I'm like, I'll just get my wallet. And so I go to where I usually keep my wallet. My wallet's not there. I go upstairs to the other place I keep my wallet. My wallet's not there. Now, I don't know what you're like these days, but I've got everything on my phone, like credit cards, my driver's license, Medicare. So I hardly ever take my wallet out. But because of the floods and because, you know, ATMs have been offline and stuff, I had been taking my wallet out because I had some cash in it. So then I was like, fucking hell, like the one time I've taken my wallet out of the house, like, because I could not find it anywhere in the usual spots. I only keep it in like two, two areas. It's either in my bedside drawer or on the desk in my office. So I couldn't find it there. So then I'm like, oh God, we went and saw the Batman last Friday and I took a little bit of medicine before we went and I was wearing loose fitting linen pants because it's the Northern Rivers. And then I was trying to, remember in my uh, uh medicated experience like fuck like mm. where because i remember i went to the while jen was lining up for drinks i went to the bathroom and you know i actually sat down on the toilet so i did take my pants down so that means you know stuff can fall out but at the same time i had a clear memory of oh you're wearing loose linen pants charlie like you know you got to keep your your vape and your and your keys and your stuff all together like don't let that shit like fall out of your pockets so i called the cinema they're like, nothing's been handed in. I'm like, okay, the cinema is part of like a big building complex. So then I go to the building complex. Do you guys have a, you know, is there like an office or a security lost property? No, no, that's, you'll have to go to the police station. So it's getting like bigger and bigger. And I don't know what you're like with like a lost property or, or like how, like if, if you see that there's been no activity, so it's, it hasn't been stolen. You don't think it's been stolen, but you think it's been lost. How long do you give it before you start, you know, cancelling shit and replacing stuff? Um, oh, basically when I've looked everywhere that I think that it could possibly be. I would like to rule out as much as I can possibly rule out myself. Yeah. Because I think that it's more likely that it's fallen out of my pants down the back of the couch or I've like left I've left it in the car or like, you know, one of those sort of, I'm just gonna have to do all those things first. I'm gonna have to check every cupboard i'm gonna to have to think about did i have groceries maybe i'll put it away with the groceries i would like rule out every one of those things before i start canceling things yeah yeah so would you like how far though would you extend the search because I, I had to retrace my steps and so i know that i had done a trip to lismore to drop off some supplies mm. on the friday so thursday night was the last time i remember having my card because that's how i booked the movie tickets i used my credit yeah. card in my office thursday Day, I drove to Lismore to drop off um, some stuff to a guy who, who I'd been helping out. And so in my head, I'm like, I did take my wallet because he didn't know if it's going to need cash. Um, I st- you know, the street that I was at was being this huge cleanup operation, Bobcats and shit like that. And I, I, it was a bad thought, but, you know, I did have the thought because I did leave the car open because uh, I popped the boot, was taking stuff from my boot, walking to this guy's. It was a bit of a like 50-meter walk to take stuff to this guy's garage. And I'm like, would someone have come by and like grabbed it off my console or the dashboard? But if they had stolen it, there's been no activity on the card. Right. Is it more so likely that I've dropped it in the... It's more likely you've dropped it because like... Dropped it in the mud. The idea yeah. that somebody would take it, you know what? There's a lot of desperate people at the moment in incredibly desperate circumstances. And the idea that it, someone took it, there'd almost be a part of me that was like, 
Let's see what they yeah, spend yeah. for the first few days. This might be my <laughs> contribution to some like I'll, I'll just like write this off as blood relief you know, donations. They need it, right? You know what? Yeah, yeah. 100%. I'm not going to bring them a box of shit they might not eat. They're, they're clearly eating out themselves. This is good. Okay. But, so all right. So all right, you're monitoring that. All right. And so you see, okay, two hundred bucks at Woolworths. You're like, Great. all right, that's okay. Fantastic. And then you're like, you know what? Two hundred bucks at Bunnings. I'm actually walking around the house. I'm like, this is fantastic. I've just bought <laughs> okay. two hundred dollars worth of food. Okay, so Bunnings good, yeah, Woolworths Bunnings. good, absolutely fantastic, helping rebuild. Okay, is great. Da- Dan Murphy's, hundred bucks at Dan Murphy's. Yeah, hundred. Still if okay. It's less, if it's less than groceries, yeah, I'm fine with that. People need a drink to get through the situation. If it's that, I'm not going to judge. Yeah, fine. Okay. Yeah, if it's if the drinks are half the groceries, I'm still fine with this. Okay, um, they've bought tickets to a comedy festival show. Carl Barron. Mm. Oh well, you can't fault that. I mean, have they bought the most popular comedian <laughs> in Australia? All right, so that'll out. Okay, um, one hundred and fifty bucks gets spent at Sexy Land on the Gold Coast. Um, on the Gold Coast, so Sexy Land's like a ad- adult uh, shop. I mean, I would have had a guess if I didn't know. So, um, <clears throat> no, that's still fine. Uh, oh, this okay. is a separate day. Right, they bought yeah. no other groceries or alcohol this day. This is just 150 yeah. bucks at Sexy Land. You know what? That's yeah, fine. Maybe it was you know his, maybe it's a partner's birthday or something like that. They needed. You to don't know what it is, like, or maybe yeah. you know what the thing is. In emergency circumstances, you have to improvise around like safety equipment and stuff like that. Maybe oh, yeah. they've just gone into Sexy Land for like you know, like strapping belts, rubber like gloves. ties. Rubber gloves, like some, like they maybe lubrication they need for some sort of purpose. They've run out of that, like flotation devices. Maybe there's a few people just with some blow up dolls under their arms getting rescued for flood situations. I'm fine with that. Okay, all right. Um, then the next transaction you see is a thousand bucks on crypto. Okay, we're done. I'm calling. <laughs> you cancel the card. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to know where the line is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What about fifty bucks? No, one hundred and fifty bucks on NFTs. They buy an exclusive uh, NFT. Uh, cancel. Cancel. <laughs> oh, cancel. Right. Okay. <laughs> a membership to the Melbourne Football Club. Cancel. Cancel. <laughs> My generosity only goes so far. Okay. Well, that's good. So I had the same thought, um, but there was no activity. And I, you know, you can lock your cards through your, your phone app. So I actually had my cards locked up, um, and then I started. Uh, so I was like, "Well, do I drive back?" Because at Lismore, there's like literally still rubbish everywhere. And I was like, "If it had fallen out into the mud, chances are one of those bobcats came by and, and picked it up." And then I don't know about you, but I start. So once you've searched all the obvious places and you've retraced your steps and. Um, I even registered lost property with the police network, the New South Wales police customer portal, whatever it is. Um, Then I started going into the kind of like, well, how fucking like absent-minded am I? Could it be in the fridge? Mm. Could I chuck it in the wheelie bin? Do you start doing that kind of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Because I know how absent-minded I am. Guaranteed, like it's in the freezer or something. That's exactly where I'd be looking. Or the side of the car seat that, weirdly enough, if I look at it from 99 different angles in my car, you cannot see a wallet there. But you have to get that one particular angle and then suddenly you're like, oh, yeah, it's right there. Well, here's it's funny you should say that. So here's the thing. About three weeks ago, I lost a brand new pair of sunglasses that I was keeping in a black case. And I had just like – Two days before I realized the wallet was missing, or a day, 
before I realized the wallet was missing. I'd done a big car clean, like I'd driven the car to one of those, you know, self-service car washes where I dragged everything out, cleaned all the mud, the dirt, the dust, everything, um, put everything back in. So in my head, when the, I realized the wallet was missing, it's like, well, it can't possibly be in the car because I pulled everything out of it, pulled the mats up. But then I got back into the car and I found my fucking sunglasses, which on I could only see on a certain angle against the carpet. Like they would, I'd, I'd missed them in my cleanup. So I'm like, oh, well, it's, maybe it's in the car. It's a black wallet. Mm. So I went through the entire car. It's not there. So it gets to yesterday and I'm like, all right, well, it's been a week, probably 10 days since it's gone missing, but a week since I've realized, oh man, like I think I'm going to have to do it. And oh, the other thing is, because I was trying to sign up for Starlink, um, all my credit card details are saved in my computer, but I don't have the CVV number. And so I was like, can I remember what it is? And I thought I could, but then I had two wrong guesses and I got a notification from the Commonwealth Bank saying, hey, someone's trying to access. And this is like a week after I called them to say I've been scanned. I'm like, oh, holy fuck, this is like going to get real bad. I'm going to get like locked out or something. So I, I abandoned it. The wallet turns up. Where was the wallet? Iona has swimming lessons on a Tuesday. Mm -hmm. So I normally pack a little swimming bag to take her, like towels and all that goggles, all that kind of stuff. It was in there and that bag was in the laundry. Gemma had a dream. <laughs> she had a dream to check the, the, the swimming lessons bag. Like I would never have found it. I don't know why. It just never occurred to me. Like maybe obviously next time I went to swimming lessons, but who knows, Gemma and I alternate, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I would never have thought to find it there, but it was in the laundry bag. And it was at that moment where I was this close. I was on the app about to hit lost card, lost or stolen card when Gem's like, no, <laughs> she comes in. <laughs> oh my God. And the relief, the relief. It's just when it, it, but it did also make me realize like, why do we have wallets these days? It seems so archaic. Like, you know, can't we just have really well encrypted versions of these on our phones that, that you know, we, we've got the CVV number there that I don't have to carry this like hard copy around? Well, that's good because you've, as we know, never lost your phone. So that could never go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am still, I haven't trained, I haven't really migrated over to the phone. I still use okay. a wallet. Um. Yeah, pretty much all the time. I stopped using cash and like obviously cash has come back up here because like you said, often FPOS and ATMs are down at the moment, so you need cash. But up until then, I was really just carrying around my it's so funny, like in my wallet I have things that I will never need in my wallet that I just carry around anyway. Like for example, like my Bulldogs membership cards. They're in my yeah. wallet. I'm never going yeah. to the games. I'm never needing those membership cards, but I just like carrying them around in my wallet because I'm just like, this is part of my identity. If someone finds this, if someone robs from me, they're going to flick through this wallet when they're trying to find the credit cards and they're going to also learn a little bit about me. There's going to be a picture of Amy in there. Yeah. There's like a couple of credit cards in there. You're going to know that you're stealing from a real human being who has a story. You know what I always have, which is so bizarre because I don't live near one, is I always have an Officeworks photocopy card <laughs> because there's always like an instance, probably about once a year I'll need to do like, if, if I've written a script or something, I'll need to print off like a, a big document. I can't just print it off here. And so I always, it's weird. I always, because you got to buy the card and charge it to use it. And I always uh, get to Officeworks and that card that I thought I had has always gone. I always have to buy a new one. It's this weird kind of 
some kind of alchemy going on or reverse alchemy where I, I've bought this card. I know I bought a card, but when I'm at an office works, it disappears and I have to buy another one of these fucking cards. So there's always one in my wallet until I actually need it. Yeah, I've definitely got a few of those. There's some things in that wallet that I, I was looking around to see if it was nearby so I could go through it, but it's bulky. Like my wallet is bulky mm. despite the fact that I only really use three or four cards in it regularly. Yeah. Jem um, uh, has some uh, Bitcoin and they say that, you know, you shouldn't have any of your passwords online. So she's got like a little diary with like a 17 digit code, security code, plus three like mm -hmm. security questions that she has told me numerous times I am to memorize. She keeps saying, this is the book and it's going here but make sure you memorize this because if something happens to me and you need to access that money, like you're going to need to know this stuff. And I like Homer Simpson, I keep going, yeah, absolutely certain. If you ask me now, if you gave me a hundred guesses, I could not tell you where that fucking notebook is right now, nor what the security questions are and definitely not what the 17 digit code is. Right. So that seems like a foolproof way to store money. I'm, I'm, I'm all in <laughs> yeah. on it. Um, so, it's interesting to me then this story, like I don't want to like throw a cat amongst the pigeons here, but mm. you did say that Gemma found your wallet, right? Oh, in the, shit, in yeah. the back. Yeah. Now mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen that ad on TV. It's like, uh, I think it's a car ad and it's a family and they're out and the little kid loses their favorite doll. And then they oh, have yeah, to, yeah. like very much like you've done, they have to track back everywhere they've been that day trying to find this mysterious doll. But it turns out that the doll was in the wife's handbag, Mom's the mother's handbag the, the whole time. And so she just then oh. throws it away. Right now. Yeah. You know, Gemma is a commercial director. So it would surprise me if she hasn't seen that commercial at some stage. I yeah. feel like she might have bunnied you. I feel like she's had your wallet. She's she's increasing you know what, what she's doing. She's banking some Bitcoin while the world's a bit unstable. <laughs> she's looked at the trouble yeah, in yeah. Ukraine. She's like, this is a good time for crypto. And she's like, I need some extra money. I know that idiot Charlie will, like, she's got the greatest cover story because she's always telling you exactly where it is and what the details are. This is all you need to remember, Charlie. So you don't suspect anything. She's not hiding anything from me, but she also knows yeah. you. I'm not going to know where that thing is or what the questions are or what the 17-digit code is. So this is – I think she's had the whole the wallet the whole time. I think that is you know the, what's been going on. You're actually making me – she was so invested mm. in the search for my wallet. Mm -hmm. Like she seemed to care more than I did mm -hmm. about where my wallet was. Like she was the one who – she even went to the police station on my behalf, mm -hmm. Will. Yeah. I think you're onto Feels something like here because much, it was like – hang... Feels like something yeah. trying to cover for something. Yeah, she really does. You may I've only just thought of it now. She she was very invested in finding the wallet again and she was the one to find it. I didn't I wasn't there when she found it. She just walked in holding my wallet. Yeah. It was very convenient too, right uh -huh. at the point when I was about to cancel my cards too. Yeah. Like literally just was on to, the on just the came app to her in a dream, Charlie, you know? Just came to her in Fucking a dream. Hell, man. So what do I do? How do I how do I approach this? How do I like how do I get the, the truth from her? I've got to set up a, some oh, kind of Oh, you never like... do, but you never trust her again. That's what I like. Great, ma great marriage advice from Will Anderson. <laughs> Just... from, from now on, based on this speculation, always be suspicious <laughs> of her motivations. <laughs> um, 
last night mm. I uh, took the Rock's advice oh, yeah. where he said, if you ain't cheating, you ain't eating. Um, uh, we had a night off. Uh, just when I say night off, a night where we weren't working. So we said, let's watch a movie and we'll get some snacks and stuff mm. like that. And uh, I went and bought some chocolate, like a big tub of like mixed chocolate, like bullets and lollies and smarties and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And I said to myself, like, you know, because I'm not ordinarily quite disciplined with treats and stuff. But I was like, tonight's the night. You're going to be like the rock and you're going to fucking eat that whole thing. And you're just going to eat the whole thing in one go. You're not going to try and peter it out or, or, or show any kind of restraint. Just eat the fuck out of that thing of chocolates. And I did. And I am so sick. Like I have woken up this morning still feeling really, really sick. Like I, and it was one of those things too where, you know, when you're eating something and it, the, the sugar takes over and it's like, I don't actually want this anymore, but the, the drug is in me. It's activated that dopamine and now I'm just like shoveling it in. And then you, I got to a certain level of the, maybe like a third to go of this tub. And I was like, well, what am I going to do? Like, it's better I eat it now rather than like just have it in the house tempting me all week. So I'm just going to like, uh, man, like I've been so ill all morning. And then I only wanted pancakes for breakfast and not healthy pancakes, but like real pancakes. So I had to make pancakes. So I put pancakes on top of that layer of kind of chocolate and, and sugar that I ate last night. I fucking, I've never felt worse. <laughs> I've never felt worse than all, all that white flour and sugar and chocolate. I just, the rock lied to me. No. So, okay. Firstly, here's what I will say. Like there's that scene in the princess bride where Wesley and Vicini were sitting down together for the battle of wits. Right. And it's the yeah. poison in the goblets. And it turns out that Wesley has been like, it's iocane powder, but Wesley has been building up a resistance to iocane powder for years. Have you, you watched it recently to, 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 to pull the iocane? Like, I mean, everyone knows the scene, but you have details. Have you watched it recently? No, but I am. I, it still is to this day one of my absolute top five favorite movies in the entire world. So um, I, I've i been building up a resistance to iocane powder. I just okay. every day do a little bit of like, like what The Rock does weekly. But what you've made the mistake of, you wouldn't go into a gym and on day one, try to do the workout that The Rock is doing. That would absolutely kill you. You would feel terrible the next day. But you've done the equivalent of that in regard to cheating. With my cheat meal. You haven't built up in any way to cheating. You've just gone the full cheat straight away, and it's too much. Like The Rock, I don't know. he doesn't feel true. like crap the next day because he's been building up to the full cheat for years. Like he has his pattern. It's six days, then he does his cheat, and like his cheat yeah, would have got bigger right. and bigger over the years, whereas you've just gone all in. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, it's not like I have no treats during the week, that, but I don't, I don't have like that kind of treat, but I'll have like, you know, little kind of yeah. treaty things. I had a croissant, you know, in the midweek and stuff like that, but yeah, it but was you more the- like have one croissant and then expect to eat an entire container of chocolate <laughs> and lollies. Yeah, really? I would have thought it's it like kind go, of translated. Going for one jog and then going, I'm going to go and run the marathon. Like, no, they're different events. It's funny, actually, Gem and I got into a bit of an argument um, last week when uh, we were down the street and there's a little ice cream shop in town. It was morning. It was like 10 in the morning. And Iona saw the ice cream shop was open and said, I want an ice cream. And Gem was like, yeah, okay, you, know, you can have an ice cream. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, it's like morning. Like ice cream is a treat. Generally, she has that after dinner. We don't want to establish some kind of protocol. And Gem was like, uh, some kind of precedent. And Gem was like, hang on, but You'll often like get her a, a croissant when you go to a cafe. What do you think's got a higher fat content? 
like a croissant or, a, or an ice cream. And I was like, well, you know, I mean, let's not discuss like, you know, the actual specifics Facts. of nutrition and stuff. Okay, it's more go. of the, uh, not, <laughs> the vibe, the feel of it. It's more of the, the vibe. It looks bad. It's a, it's a bad look. It's a bad look. But would you give her? Would you give her yogurt in the morning? Like if she, like if she yeah. was, yeah, right. So why can't you? Yeah. She eat ice cream. If she's eating yogurt in the morning, know. she can't eat ice cream. Ice cream's got bad PR. <laughs> I you think there's definitely like a higher pancakes is often served with ice cream. Would you only serve pancakes with ice cream as a dessert, not as a breakfast? We didn't have ice cream. We had yogurt, and they were healthy. I mean, when I say they weren't healthy pancakes, <laughs> they were still kind of healthy. You know, yeah. like they, you know, there was some flour. I had some gluten-free flour, but you know, there was some oats and apple and stuff in there. You know, just a little bit of nutrition, fiber, and that, and that kind of stuff. But ice cream, you can't have ice cream for just, breakfast, Will. You you can't. Why? But why? Because it's bad for you, and it makes your blood sugar spike, and then you have a crash later on, and it also sets like a this unrealistic expectation about like rewarding yourself without having you know suffered first. I'm Catholic, remember? Yeah, I know, but like most people, like in life, will develop those habits regardless. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that you should let her have ice cream for breakfast every morning, but I just don't think that giving your kid ice cream in the morning sometimes they don't even really still know what the morning is. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's true. You don't you don't really get a vibe on how the world works until you go to school, really. Like, I mean, think back to what you remember from – I know that you can establish patterns and healthy eating patterns and all those sort of things, but I don't think that, like, her having ice cream one morning, like, she's going to be 25, she can't eat anything but ice cream for breakfast. And she goes, <laughs> it was just this one day. This one day you let me have it and I could never not have it again. That that is the fear when you're a parent is you think if I open the door this mm. once, does it become like this thing for – it's kind of like, you know, the fear that people have when their kids are taking ages to learn how to walk. You're like, oh, my God, is my kid going to be 18 years old and still like crawling around mm. on the floor? You know, is my kid going to be sucking their thumb when there's, you know, a, a, a CEO of a company? Is my kid going to be drinking from a, a bottle when they're you know, in their mid-teens? And it's yeah. – I spoke to they, a – They really a, do. A, they really do. You rarely see – like, I mean, occasionally like a rapper or something might still have a dummy and you're like, okay, well, I guess, you know, but he's, he's, he's a successful guy. He's out there making a living in the entertainment industry. It doesn't matter that he's still rocking a pacifier. That's true, actually. If it becomes part of like your, your thing, your image, if she can make it work, maybe that's kind of what I've got to concentrate on is rather than sort of like not allowing treats, how can this form part of a cool image when you're older? How can you become the ice cream lady? Like can, Mate, you can become one, like one of the things, or like or just like Salt and Straw. Do you know that company, Salt and Straw? They're like a yeah, you know, oh, modern America? day take on a yeah American like oh, you know so artisanal good. boutique ice cream thing, and they're amazing. Some of the best ice cream I've ever had in my entire life. And in my like, life, what if I only just grows up and runs some really hip, really cool ice cream company? That's a good life for somebody, like bringing people joy. Like it might not be a terrible thing that you're introducing her to. It might be something that sparks something in her imagination or love she'll have for the rest of her life. And I would say also this, Charlie, as mm. the planet increases uh, warming, I'm not sure that people are going to enjoy an ice cream and a cone out in public unless we come up with some new technology to keep it frozen. Like this, these might be the years where she should get some ice cream in a gob right yeah, now because like five years from now, you'll get the ice cream out and it'll immediately melt before you can eat it. Uh, well, let's get to the mailbag. Um, as I uh, uh, said earlier, we had someone contact us. They've asked not to be named because they still work okay. for the banks. So let's call them Person X. Uh, Person X says, I was listening 
to last week's episode when Charlie was talking about his close brush with a bank scam. I used to work in customer service for an online bank with no physical branches. The lack of branches meant that some of the older customers would call us on a weekly or even daily basis to transfer funds between their accounts due to the mm-hmm. point due to their point blank refusal to get on board with internet banking. There has been a huge increase in online and phone banking scams in the last few years, especially during the early days of COVID of 2020. I would regularly get calls from people saying that Telstra or Microsoft support had called them to help with their NBN or Microsoft Office, even if it was working fine and they didn't use that service. During the call, the scammer tells the victim to download remote access software so that they can help better then ask the victim to log onto the internet banking so the payment can be sent before the service is complete and they empty the victim's bank account while the victim watches on in horror. And now I'm not laughing because some innocent person has been robbed of all their money. I can so see myself fucking getting scammed like that. Like I just can. I mean, for instance, Skylink is a perfect example. New technology, something I haven't used before. There's no, you can only access them through the website. If someone was to call me and say, uh, hey, uh, you know, Mr. Clawson, um, I was just calling here from Skylink. Uh, your process, your payment wasn't processed. We want to deliver this thing to you. Could we just get, uh, check your data? I'll be like, yeah, sure, you know, yeah. I'll download the blah, blah, but blah. Particularly <laughs> like, because this is why, because we judge people for falling for these things, but we never consider the other circumstances around, right? So, for example, you might ordinarily go, oh, I won't log on to that. But you suddenly go, oh, my wallet was lost for a couple of weeks and I tried to log on to the thing and it didn't go through. So maybe this has something to do with that. I better you know, get it. Like you've got other things that your brain suddenly collects to justify reasons this might be a thing that's happening. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's like your brain's a problem-solving thing. It's trying to link all the dots. I mean, my mum got scammed. It was a phone scam because she was like of a generation where just computers were like mystical. And we had got her a little laptop so she could Skype with her grandkids and stuff. And someone called. It was that Microsoft thing where it's like, hey, I'm from the computer company. Turn your thing on and give me your credit card details. And mum's like, okay. So her response to that was, I'm just never going to answer my phone again. Never. So you could, I would never. You could never, you could never get mum on the phone. Always admire that. Have, she's like, Bill, that is a good policy. That's Well, I'm just going to cut this out of my life. It's nothing but trouble. She was like Bill Murray, you know, how apparently you just call like the voicemail and leave a message. It's like, yeah, mum, it's one of your eight kids. Can you just give us a call back sometime so we know you're alive? Um, she's not, incidentally, for anyone wondering. Go well, back and listen well, to it. Weird, it's weird yeah. that you still keep calling her, though. <laughs> uh, on a daily basis, I was explaining to people, boomers, that they should not give out any of their passwords to anyone while quietly beating my head against a wall. The other side of this was people who were increasingly paranoid about the security of their phone, internet, and banking details. Mm -hmm. Some of these people were scam victims. Others were innately paranoid people. I wholeheartedly believe a few of them would have their their cash buried in their backyard. I wonder if they also padlocked their bins. Okay, person X, no need to do a little side swipe at me. (laughs) One person would call up from a payphone in 2020 speaking in a hushed tone like their line was tapped, asking to transfer some money and then change their phone security password and then hang up every single time. (laughs) I love that. Uh, There was more than one note from the account saying, do not offer this person internet banking. I told you the idea of suggesting internet banking 
for my own entertainment, but I was pretty close uh, to going on my lunch break and figured it would probably uh, take a while for them to stop yelling. Anyway, the reason I'm sending this long-winded email is that you are not the only one with a weird phone password, Charlie. Having a weird phone password is not a bad thing. When people call to set up their security questions, they will tell you on a recorded phone line that they are giving incorrect answers to these security questions to, quote, throw off scammers who might be listening. Mm. <laughs> then they almost always forget about providing the wrong answers. <laughs> yes. And then get annoyed when they can't access their accounts. Uh, then some people use lewd phrases, uh, for instance, like Trump was right 2016 or random strings of letters and numbers that usually uh, they usually keep written in a book with all their other passwords and Medicare details. And then some people just use their own first name. And yes, of course, your call was almost definitely used for coaching purposes. That person probably messaged their supervisor straight away and asked them to pull that call for training this week so they could have a laugh while you tried to say shitted it in with a straight face. <laughs> Please don't go clicking on any more random links from text, Charlie. No, uh, thank you, Person X. Lesson definitely learnt from that. No, I almost erased an email that was about a delivery today because I was going through my emails and just erasing, you know, shit that you get sent that is clearly a scam. And there was one thing that was actually from, I'm getting some dehumidifiers delivered for reasons <laughs> we've been into previously. And it was actually from that company and it was the details of it being delivered, but it looked so much like every other scam that I was just about to go, scam, erase, don't contact me again. <laughs> If you want to support the show, you can at patreon.com slash tofop. Like Will said earlier, you get full videos, full episodes going up on Patreon every week, plus a bunch of other great content. You can also go to tofop.com to check out some of our other great podcasts, including Fofop. This week, big name coming back to the show, Will Anderson with special guest. Gareth Reynolds from the Dalt Podcast, of course, Gareth. and Fantastic. Uh, Yes, it is nice to be back doing a faux fop. Thank you so much, Charlie, for doing all the heavy lifting over the time that I've been away. But got to be on the line with Gareth. And um, I mean, well, look, if you've ever heard Gareth on anything, you know how incredibly funny he is. He gets to tell the story of, because you know this, Charlie, he was living in Idaho for a while, but it was a secret that he was living in Idaho. And uh, so we could never talk about the fact that he was living in Idaho. So now that he is no longer living in Idaho, we talk about what it was like to live in Idaho. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> and you may not know this, but uh, Two Guys One Cup has moved to the listener app. However, you and can people still are listen wrapped, to it. Charlie, as far as I'm uh, yeah, concerned, so happy. people love it. <laughs> Nothing but praise <laughs> Nothing. for us. <laughs> No, uh, people ca casting uh, no aspersions around our, our motivations around that at all. Um, but for people overseas, the best way to listen to it is uh, via tofop.com uh, using a VPN. Not an ideal solution, but we are working on something for you overseas listeners. And Will, shows coming up. Oh, yeah, Comic shows. Festival, so, fast approaching. Uh, yeah, so um, thank you to everyone who came to the, the Brunswick Picture House on Saturday night for the flood fundraiser. What you're talking about, Will, I am going to do another one of those shows on uh, this coming Saturday night. So please come along. All the money raised goes to local flood relief charities and they are listed on the website if you want to know what those charities are. And some people who didn't come to the show last night who were walking past the venue even just left money that we put in a bucket and we're going to donate as well. So it was a really awesome. good night. It was like a group therapy session. It was like really funny wow. and then sometimes really ranty and then sometimes just like, 
when you're talking about the state of the planet, it's very hard to be funny because it's not fucking funny. And so it was all those things and that was really cool. And so I thank everybody who came along to it. Yeah, next Saturday night. And then on the Monday following that at Tweet Heads, uh, you can come and see myself, Tom Gleason, Kitty Flanagan, Mandy Nolan and Ellen Briggs doing a flood a flood fundraiser up there. And then uh, after that, at, at Melbourne International Comedy Festival with, with Logical, which is my new show, uh, I start on the Thursday, um, Friday night. The second night is my press night, which is very early on for a show that I haven't got to do that often. So if you're looking for a night to come, it'd be great to have a really big fun show on that second night, the, the Friday night. So come along that night. But uh, it's going to Sydney and Brisbane and what you're talking about, Will, are going to all those places as well. All the details, comedy.com.au. And I have a little announcement. Uh, Dad Pod Season 4 is oh. returning in a few weeks. Osher and I have been banking episodes, um, this time with expert advice. After three seasons, we decided rather than just us like guessing at how to be a parent, maybe we should get in some experts. So it's a new format this season. Uh, Osher and I, we still share our stories, but then we bring in an expert to, uh, to give us some advice. It's been really fun. Um, working with Osher is so great. He's such a fucking pro. He sends me a run sheet every week that I just have to fill out with what I want to talk about. It makes it so easy. I tell you what, like 12 years of doing this show, if we just thought maybe a run sheet and then we can work out what we're actually going to say, make things so much easier. I mean, I would feel bad, like the fact that you're bringing up how good Osher is to work with in front of me. But the truth <laughs> of it is that in this relationship, you're the Osher. That's what I know. You're the Osher out of the two of us. <laughs> So Dad Pod season four, although it's going to be a weekly format. That's where. So rather than doing limited series, we're actually just going to do it week to week. Um, but Osh is going away to do another series of Bachelor soon, so we're trying to bank as many as we can before he goes. So hopefully it won't be too past its use by date when they actually get to air. A lot of flood talk in those, as you can imagine. Um, but that's coming back soon. We'll let you know uh, when. But for now, I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. This podcast is a TOEFOP production. Head to TOEFOP.com for more. Cool things for cool people.